Happy Friday, friends. On today's Locked On NHL, Montreal is good and fun. Never saw that coming. The trade deadline is looming, and we've got a look ahead to this weekend's full slate of games. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked On NHL. I'm Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Gil Martin of Locked On Isles, and you can find him on Twitter at Ice Wars NYI versus NYR. How are we doing today, Gil? We are doing well. How about you? Real good. Looking forward to talking about the NHL and this weekend ahead. Lots of great games. Thanks for making Locked on NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, and you can watch us over on YouTube. So Thursday's games were a ton of fun, Gil. There were some fun upsets, some upstarts, but I want to start out with the Montreal Canadiens. They defeated the Calgary Flames 5-4 to four mm. in overtime, and I think Montreal is kind of upsetting the apple cart a little bit right now in the best way possible. Uh, they've won six out of their last seven games, and not just against you know fellow bottom dwellers. They've defeated the Flames, the Leafs, and the Blues in this stretch. And they seem to be thriving under Martin St. Louis. Yeah, the, the coaching change really made a difference. And, you know, I can almost hear uh, Habs fans being divided where some of them are saying, yes, this is great, we're winning. And some of them are saying, we can't even tank right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> just... Uh, a, a little dilemma there for Habs fans, but in my mind, in the long run, you're better off creating a winning culture. And it's interesting to watch Martin St. Louis, uh, a man with no professional coaching experience to speak of, but obviously a long and distinguished NHL career, you know, coming out of nowhere, so to speak, and, and really lifting this Canadian's team to respectability in a very short amount of time. Yeah, it's been tremendous. And I think, you know, a couple of players especially have done well in the Martin St. Louis era. I want to call out Nick Suzuki. He's got three goals, five assists in the last five games. Of course, he still leads the team in points, but I just feel like he's elevated his game up to that next level. Yeah, Suzuki has responded well to St. Louis and and it helps. Uh, when When you get your best players producing that that has a ripple effect usually down the lineup it's it's hard to win when your best players aren't your best players as the cliche goes yeah and of course the other player is Cole Caulfield who had just a really difficult start to his season struggled a lot but in his last five games two goals and five assists yeah, it looks like the light has gone on. And and again, with younger players, with, uh, you know, inexperienced players, maybe the coaching change is responsible. Maybe he's just adjusting to the NHL game a little bit more. 
most likely it's a combination of the two. Yeah, I would say so. And it puts Montreal in a very interesting position. And we're going to talk more about the trade deadline in the next segment. But for Montreal specifically, two of the players that had been sort of on the block for a long time were Ben Schrott and Josh Anderson. And, you know, Josh Anderson got a hat trick in that one game they lost to Winnipeg. And Ben Sherratt was the hero in that game against Calgary. And you have to wonder, is this a situation where they can sell high and sell smart? The opportunity is certainly there if they still want to sell. And I would assume they do. I mean, there's no way they're making a playoff run Right. So, uh, you know, this really could open them up to getting a little bit of extra at the trade deadline if they're willing to move on from some of these players who are hot right now. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we always say in sports, that's why they play the games, uh, because you get upsets like Arizona's win over Colorado two to one in last night's action and you know the abs are in a really strong position right now they're definitely going to be buyers at the deadline and just to see them struggle in one particular game against a bottom dwelling team just goes to show you right yeah it does that that is why they play the games and when we watch the uh if the arizona coyotes make a uh, highlight film for this season this game will be featured prominently <laughs> i bet and then you know looking at the metropolitan division you know it seems like things are pretty close to being set in terms of who's going to make the playoffs but where the position is is still up for grabs in the East. And you look at a game where the Washington Capitals, who have been uneven over the last stretch, they shut out the Hurricanes. And Vitek Vanacek, 36 saves in that effort. And, you know, in a, uh, now we know it's a preview of the Stadium Series game next year in Raleigh. But I think heading into trade deadline and where teams are supposed to be hitting their peak, you know, we saw the Canes are not at the top of our power rankings. Um, you know, could this bode well for a more veteran team like the Caps versus a more on the up team like the Canes? Yeah, it, it, it could. And, you know, that experience when you get into the stretch drive and into the playoffs, that's where sometimes it can pay off. And the Capitals have been struggling a little bit lately. And to have them come up with this big win and get solid goaltending on top of it is very big. And, you know, look, I'm not worried at this point about Carolina. I, I know that they're a, a quality team, that they'll be there come playoff time. But obviously a very disappointing loss. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to get shut out ever. And, and to get shut out by a, a team that struggles defensively sometimes like the Capitals has got to be even more frustrating. I bet. And then looking again ahead toward potential playoff matchups and who 
the power players are in this league. The Pittsburgh Penguins defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning five to one. And, you know, with the Bolts being two time defending champions and the Pens making a tremendous run this season, uh, I think surprising a lot of people with how they've gone about it. Maybe not that they're doing it, but how they're going about it. I think that is uh, an interesting harbinger for what could be down the road. Yeah, don't count out the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then, look, Sidney Crosby with the game-winning goal, his 75th of his Hall of Fame career, and and that passes Mario Lemieux, who had 74. Uh, just just an impressive uh, performance right there by the Pens. And, and you know, with, with the stars they have on that team, you can never count them out. No. You cannot. And, you know, there's also a couple of teams out West, which is obviously more competitive than the Eastern Conference right now in terms of playoff, uh, making the playoffs and playoff positioning. Uh, You saw two teams that are kind of neck and neck right now in the Pacific and the Oilers and Vegas. Uh, go down in their games. And uh, while the Oilers did get a point out of it against the Blackhawks, the Bruins defeated Vegas. And so, you know, those two teams, the the Oilers and Vegas Golden Knights are in delicate positions. Yeah, I love the Pacific Division heading down the stretch right now because, you know, LA is in second place and they have 65 points. Vancouver is in sixth place with 60 points, five points separating second place and home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs and a couple of teams that may not make the playoffs at all. So it's going to be a fun stretch drive and very interesting to see how some of the Pacific Division teams handle the trade deadline as well. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that trade deadline coming up next. But first, let's hear about our friends at Built Bar. Absolutely. Nothing, nothing quite like a built bar. And look, built bar is, this is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right. Thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of built bars, best tasting bars, puffs, are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. Listen to these incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, I love the banana cream pie. So good, they're going to be your new favorite. And look, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, Four net carbs, yet they pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Gil. So the trade deadline is 17 days away, and we're in this weird calm before the storm with all of this. But one thing about it that's been heating up recently is the constant reports of what scouts are in the building at each game. (laughs) And, you know, given that both of the teams that we cover on a daily basis on our other locked on shows are definite sellers, this, uh, this trade deadline uh, how much do you personally pay attention to the scouts in the building at each game? You know, it, it's one of those things that it, it gives you sort of a little clue uh, as to who's looking at who, but it, there's always speculation as specifically what player or players are scouts looking to see. And mm-hmm. you know, there, there are the obvious ones. Okay. This guy's on an expiring contract. This team is out of it. They may be willing to deal but every year at the trade deadline, there's always that one or two surprise players who are not on expiring contracts who end up switching teams and you know, just didn't see it coming. And sometimes those scout scouts in the stands at some of these games can give you a clue as to what might be coming down the pike. Exactly. I also find it interesting when you find a scout or multiple people when you have three people from a team showing up at your rank to scout your team, you know, it's starting to get serious, right? Yeah. That, that usually is an indication that they're really looking at, at one or more players on that team. Well, and that's, what's interesting to me. So for me with the flyers, it's very clear that Claude Giroux is on the trading block right now and that the Colorado Avalanche are one of the front runners. So we've seen Avalanche scouts in the building at Flyers games pretty regularly over the past several weeks. But I'm wondering, is that, could there be more to the deal than Giroux if there's multiple players going back and forth? Just because, to me, I think Claude Giroux is a pretty much open book, right? You know who he is, you know who he isn't. So what do they need to scout with him? You know, so are there potentially other players that could be involved because they could be looking at at somebody else? And I also look at what other teams are there to kind of maybe give me an indication of what other players might be traded at trade deadline. So if there's a team, say, that needs a depth defenseman, I know that maybe they're, you know, this other team is going to be looking at Justin Braun, for instance, mm-hmm. on the Flyers. But what what is your observation on, on that front? Yeah, it, you know, it, it it's always sort of tricky. It, the tough part is sometimes figuring out who some of the players they're looking at besides the obvious ones. And, you know, you, you, you talk about sending two or three scouts to a game, Claude Giroux, yeah, you know who Claude Giroux is. You, you've you been watching him play for so many years at a high level. But you send two or three scouts to a game to look at little subtle things that may not show up on film. How do his teammates react to him? Let's say he's coming off the 
ice at the end of a shift. What's the body language? How, what's the interaction between him and his teammates? Things that may not show up all the time on a game film. Uh, you know, how does he act on the bench when he's not on the ice? Uh, how involved is he? Little things like that can make a difference as to how interested a team is in a particular player. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, in terms of maybe fine tuning what you think the value is on the trade based on some of those things to get the best deal possible for your team. And you can point to specific things from your scouts on on that when you're negotiating. So I think that's that's a really good point there. And so I think there, in addition to the scouts in the press box that you're trying to keep an eye on, I think. It has been interesting, at least from a a Flyers perspective, because the New York Rangers are definitely buyers this year. They are in a tremendous position with all that success, a super hot goaltender in Igor Shesterkin to ride out through the rest of the season and into the playoffs. And they do have a lot of cap space as well. And I think that could potentially lead to some in-division trades at the trade deadline, which is pretty unusual. It is unusual, not unheard of. And, you know, one thing with the divisions now, each having eight teams, that makes it a little easier uh, to pull off an in-division trade. But I think this year with so many teams, in at least in the East, and you mentioned the Metropolitan Division in particular, there's the haves and the have-nots, and, it, and it's pretty clearly demarcated as to which teams are which for those reasons you may see some more in division trades this year uh because the immediate need is going to supersede you know the long-term prospects as far as the teams that are buyers and it's to be the flip side of that for the teams that are sellers they're like okay you know we're not making the playoffs anyway the flyers and the islanders and the devils will say that but you know we can gain in the long run if if we make a deal with Pittsburgh, for example, or Washington. Right. And so be it, you know, it, it's not going to hurt us this year anyway. So yeah, I, I think that is indeed more likely this year with, with the clear teams that are in it versus teams that are at, out of it in the East, especially. And I think, you know, if you look over at the West, we have, a lot of bubble teams, which we do not have in the East. And that makes the trade deadline a little more complicated for them, right? No, no question. And and it really also means that how the, some of those bubble teams do in the next two weeks, you know, you get down to the last 72 hours, let's say before the trade deadline, how they do in the next couple of weeks is going to determine, are they buyers? Are they sellers? Do they stand put? Uh, it makes these games over the next few weeks that much more important. Yeah, I think this year, perhaps more than the last couple of years, you're going to see a lot more deals happen right up to the last minute because teams are going to have to wait, to your point. And there are teams that you think are going to be sellers because they're in sort of the more outskirts of that bubble land, like your Dallas um, or your LA Kings or your Vancouver Canucks, I think um, may put that off and put any deals off into the last possible minute. 
Yep, want to give themselves every chance to try to get into that race. And look, you go on like a four or five game winning streak now, that changes the whole equation for teams like that. Right. And I think particularly for me, the Kings are the most interesting team in that group just because they've been sellers for so long, but now they've actually started to put together a, a good team with chemistry. And do they want to keep that going in future years, you know, at the expense of maybe not getting a return? that they could on a, on a free agent or even on somebody under contract that in the past they might've just gone ahead and, and sold off, but you know, they're going to start thinking a lot more medium long-term, right? Yeah. I think they sort of have to. And, and then, you know, you got teams like Vegas and Edmonton who are perhaps a little disappointed by the, where they're at right now, how will they approach it? So yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting, especially out West, to see what different teams do at this trade deadline. Right. And for the sellers, that could only increase prices. So yep. um, as a selling team, I am looking forward to that. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see how that goes. For the uh, I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get into the weekend ahead of NHL action. There's a lot of good stuff and a lot of games you might potentially want to put some money on. And the place to do that is bet online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is full steam ahead in both the pro and college hoops. We're getting close to March Madness. So for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coaches are going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to all your other favorite sports coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Gil. So before we get into the weekend ahead in games, just want to touch on the power rankings real quickly. Uh, enjoy seeing the Avalanche still in the number one spot. I, I think they deserve to be there. And like at the other end, the Montreal Canadiens, which we talked about earlier in the show, are not in the last spot anymore. They are number 31. So you love to see it on both ends. 31 with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's good to see the Habs picking themselves up. It, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember Montreal winning four straight cups in the late 70s and them just having this expectation of greatness year after year. And it's just weird seeing them at the very bottom of the uh, of the power rankings and of the standings. So, you know, nice to see them bumped up a spot or two. It, it really is. And you know, I'm not the biggest Montreal Canadiens fan, but when they're good and they're fun, I think hockey is better for it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. All right. So Friday's games, I think the number one game, if you're going to pick one, is Pittsburgh at Carolina. We talked about it earlier in the show. The Pens are creeping up on the Canes, but you know the Canes do have games in hand. So this is an important one for both teams. 
Yeah, and I think the fact that it's in Carolina makes it a, a little bit of an advantage for the Canes. And y- you sort of look at these two teams and, you know, Carolina's dropped their last two. They don't want to start having a losing streak now. You're holding on to first place in the Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh only three points back, but they've played two extra games, so they can't afford to to slip up. It should be a high-intensity game, and I like both of these teams. And then I think the other game you want to pay attention to, again, because of that tight Pacific playoff race, is Vegas versus Anaheim. Yeah, and... You know, the, the the Ducks have been hanging around this year and, and they sort of get a little hot, then they cool off. Not the most consistent team, but they are exciting to watch and I've enjoyed watching them anytime I can. They need all the points they can get. Uh, right now, they're three points behind Vegas, but Vegas has a game in hand. So, you know, if Anaheim wants to move up in the standings, this is almost a must-win game for them. Absolutely. Saturday is, I think, an amazing day of hockey. Um, There's a couple of matinees featuring our team, so maybe you want to skip those. But <laughs> the uh, I think Hockey Night in Canada is going to be on fire on Saturday. I am especially interested in Montreal at Edmonton. We talked about Montreal in the first segment, and these are the two teams with the new coaches that are doing pretty well. Edmonton is holding on for third in the Pacific, but you know, if they drop to that wild card spot, the central teams are right there in the wings. So, you know, I think that it is in Montreal's best interest to play spoiler here. And I know Montreal fans enjoy it when they can do that against a team like Edmonton and you know, Edmonton really needs those points. Yeah, Edmonton really does, and and you you go on national TV up in Canada, more incentive for the Canadians to not just play spoiler, but to to do it in front of the whole country. Uh, I, I I'm looking forward to that matchup, and and then you have also Vancouver Toronto. That's another great hockey. Uh, you know, two Canadian teams going at it uh, on Saturday. That you know, again, both those teams need the points Vancouver right in the middle of that fight for one of the last playoff spots. Exactly. And, you know, I think because of that playoff race happening, you're going to have to keep an eye out on Ottawa at Vegas golden Knights to see if Vegas can keep up in that division as well. And then, you know, if you're looking at the East, I think Columbus is enjoying a little bit of intermittent success. And it seems like maybe Patrick Line is going to stick around just because he's been really successful there this year. And while the gap in points is pretty large, I know that Columbus, again, has just enjoyed playing spoiler over the course of this season. And, you know, Boston is in that first wild card spot. So if they can take them down a, a notch, that would be great. Yeah, and I, I like the way Columbus has been playing as of late. They they have, you know, won seven of their last ten. Uh, they've struggled at times this season, but, uh, you know, to me, if they can play spoiler, it definitely gives them some hope heading down the stretch for better things for next season, even if they're just going to fall a little short of a playoff berth this year. 
Exactly. And then the late game, Calgary at Colorado, two top teams going at it again, maybe previewing some potential playoff matchups. I feel like this is a kind of game that is going to have a playoff feel to it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, beating a team like Colorado would give Calgary a big confidence boost heading into the home stretch. And, and that would be a great series to watch if it does come down to that come playoff time. What's your Sunday looking like? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Dallas, Minnesota as uh, an interesting game. It's a four o'clock Eastern time start. The, uh, you know, former Minnesota team against the present Minnesota team. But you, you sort of look at the standings and, uh, you know, both of these teams are in the thick of that tight Western Conference race for those final playoff spots. So that to me is a, is a focus. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I think there's some, you know, unbalanced matchups on that day, but this is a day where those upper level teams need to just rack up those points to maintain their position. So you're looking for Tampa over Chicago, potentially Carolina over Seattle and Anaheim needs those points against San Jose. Vegas needs those points against Ottawa. So that's a day where you're looking for the teams that should win to win. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you don't, take those points against the so-called lesser teams or struggling teams, you know, that could cost you home ice advantage. That could cost you a playoff spot. And it also can, you know, damage your team's confidence heading down the stretch. So, you know, if you're going to win, you're going to make the playoffs. You got to, you got to pick up the two points when they're available. Exactly. Well, I think that'll do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Gil, what have you got going on for the Monday show and Locked on Isles? Uh, well, Locked on Isles. Isles are playing the Blues on Saturday. And uh, not sure who I'm going to line up yet for the Monday show, but we'll we'll look at some of the best stories from around the league and the biggest games from the weekend. And I'll put together a roster of three of our local experts to to hit up for the Monday show. And on Locked On Flyers, we actually had a special interview my co-host Russ Cohen did with Kendall Coyne Schofield of the U.S. Women's National Team. So you should check that out. And then we'll both be back next Friday to recap the week that was and look ahead to the next weekend slate of games. You can find me on Twitter at our Miriam Gill. Where can people find you? Uh, Ice Wars NYR vs NYI. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great weekend.